AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. 
Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Hello and welcome to episode 58, season 11 of the Fighting Cop podcast and Tottenham are back baby, we're bloody back, we're back in a big bloody way, it, we're going to probably win, can we still win the league? I think we can still win the league and if we can win the league, if there's a mathematical chance that Tottenham wants to win the league, then we can do it under Antonio Conte, who is no longer mad. Like he's, he's, his press conference after the game was quite reserved, I thought, funnily enough. And, boring. Uh, boring, if anything, yeah. Uh, we've, got, we've got Spooky on the line and we've got Cal as well. How are you doing, boys? Yeah, good, mate. Anything to report? Oh, in, in, what, in life? In general? Yeah, yeah. What's the most what? exciting thing that's happened to you this week? I'm re-watching B- Buffy the Vampire Slayer from season one with my daughter. and it's, that is a, That's a wonderful thing. Great. Is there it, any episode of... Buffy the Vampire Slayer was better than slapping Leeds United 4-0 because they're not the darlings of football. They're not everyone's second team. They are dirty Leeds and they mm. and Tottenham Hotspur came down and served up a wallop, didn't they, Cal? They did. They they did serve up a wallop and it, it actually, you know, we were talking, you just said there, what was the most exciting thing that happened in the last week for you? And mine was slapping you up on UFC 4 on the PlayStation. So <laughs> I guess that's where these kind of parallel is too... <laughs> Two kind of really dirty franchises got smashed to bits. Um, you, and you didn't, though, did you? I beat you. Well, like, the last, the yes, you won more fights, but the last fight we had, I won. So respect the lineage. I'm the lineal champion, um, and just like Tottenham are the lineal champions over Leeds United. Um, and there's nothing like an away win, is there? It's it's nice to hear the. You know, as much as we love hearing the roar of White Hart Lane and, you know, people always talk about the mask goal and Kane and I caught a couple of stray clumps that, that, that day and that's the only time I've ever been hit in the face because I've never lost a fight. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, what a weird mood today. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's something about an away day and I've not been in an away day in a long, long time. The last one was Arsenal in the league cup when we won two nil. And uh, so that long ago. And uh, so, yeah, it's just something about an away day, hearing all the new songs, you're seeing all the new songs on, on the socials and, yeah, man, it's good to slap them up and, uh, Really, really pleased, particularly for Cessna Young and Doherty. But yeah, really good day. Yeah, we're definitely going to come on to both those players. We're going to come on to uh, Harry Kane's performance again. Uh, is this the best form that he's been in so far uh, at Spurs or in his footballing career? I, I mean, it's got to be up there to some degree. Obviously, we've got to talk about Harry Kane and Son breaking the record and how happy they were to be together. Harry Kane nearly destroyed that mm. for the record. That could have been all gone if you'd have left for that conglomerate that, that Manchester City had become. Um, yeah, and there's, there's other bits as well, like Kulisevsky's performance and, um, and uh, yeah, just a lot, a lot of good things to talk about. There's a couple of iffy things we need to chat through as well, but before we do it, I wanted to say um, 
spooky. Does this current run of form remind you at all of the glory years of Martin Yole? Because mm. we could be absolutely brilliant and then get done and then the next game brilliant again. And and, and a lot of comments I've had over the last week or so is like this is really um no one wants to lose, but there's a certain comfort of of um familiarity about getting done and then beating and it, well, not even even before Martin Yo, do you know what I mean? It's like I don't want this to continue. I want us to win every game and I want us to finish top yeah. four. But this does feel so familiar. It, do, do, it, it's in, it's interesting. Uh, it's an interesting comparison. I mean, it's difficult when you look at Tottenham. Obviously, we're really self-critical, um, and often we won't give credit to the opposition, and we we'll say, "Well, we lost because this player did this and this player did that, and it was lack of concentration." It's but that's what football's about, right? You know, you make mistakes, and the the, the opposing side punish you, and we do have mistakes in us. Deal. Um, Martin Yo kind of inherited a team that wasn't his. Do you know what I mean? He he kind of found himself in a position and and, and then had to take control and, and and try and sort of guide them in the right direction. And, and, and Conte arguably is doing the same thing with with, with his lot. I think we do have mistakes uh, in us, but when we click, we're, we're really good. And you can you you can't look at a team with the likes of Son and Kane and say this team. Can't you know? Can't win a game of football. You know, even Against if we don't play else. that well. Yeah, we proved, we, we, proved we, it. And, and and we are for all the talk about mentality that when we do play certain teams like the Man City game, uh, the Liverpool game. I know it's probably the only two examples that we can give at the minute. We kind of turn up for it. So there there is that frequency that we can tune into and compete. Uh, but obviously, it's doing it against the Leeds Uniteds, the Wolves, the Southamptons, the Burnleys. And, you know, one win out of those, 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 out of those games kind of tells you that there's still a lot to be done. And, and, but that's obvious. I mean, 20 odd yeah. games, 21, 22 games that he's <coughs> had. Conte, it's not really his team. He's not had the preseason. You're going to win most of the games. There's a lot of games we should have definitely not been beaten in. But yeah, I mean, it's it's this is probably where the frustration stems from. Where, yeah, where, where Con- Conte's t- tearing his hair out because he doesn't understand what he's got himself involved in. He doesn't understand this is Tottenham, right? This is what we do. Nothing, nothing makes sense with our football club. <laughs> That's what he's probably. Oh, yeah, he's like he's emotional. He's emotional not. in its own right, right? He's emotional anyway. He's always been that way. He's been that kind of player and that kind of manager. We saw it at Chelsea and and um, and and Inter Milan and, and Juve back in the day. He's always emotional, and it's a beautiful thing to see. But um, too Spurs, much. Spurs is too much for him. It's too much for him. Well, <laughs> he's his got... reaction is like Spurs Twitter levels of like overreaction. But and I really love to see it. But it's almost like sometimes you got to, you've got to be the you've got to be the guy at the table who takes control. And um, and that's felt... what worries me, man. Well, I, I felt like his his press his interview after the game was a little bit more controlled than what it was before. So I'm not sure he he enjoys the reaction to his his reaction. Did you see the the interview before the Leeds game? So the presser before the Leeds game. Did you catch that? Yeah, well, Where we talked was... about it on, on the Patreon. Oh, uh, of course, you, yeah. Pod. Yeah, but go on, go on, go on, go on. No, I was just going to say the, the the difference, and and it and it was like he didn't he didn't say outrightly that. 
what I said after Burnley was incorrect. He was basically saying he, you know, you don't invite me to dinner after a defeat because I'm not yeah. the type of person you'd have around, which is which is which is great. You kind of get where he's going with that. That he becomes he loses his sensibilities. He's and he loses that capacity to 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 not be over emotional. So However, are you, are you saying he's DT? <laughs> Apart from the old, uh, apart the from con- yeah, the apart controversy from the of um, <laughs> not being able to control yeah, his emotion. He, he, it's, it's a strange one to try and process because I want to believe that he, um, I want to believe that he, when he says he wants to help Tottenham, Tottenham, that he, when he says good group of players and this is what we got work towards and we got work to do, I want to believe him when he says that. But part of me has been burnt too many times by, by, by giving myself over that easily to him and just say, yeah, 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 we're, I'm, this is, let's deal with it. Conte all the way. He's going to be here in the summer. He's going to, because to me, it does sound in those moments like he's just had enough, that it's not for him. This job simply isn't the type of job yes, that he, he has the patience. Uh, let me jump in there for. just a second, because you, you, I remember we was having this conversation before the Leeds game and... I uh, so I was I was I was on board with you going like Conte needs to control his emotions because he's he's making this more difficult following Spurs and he needs to he, all he needs to do is you know taper his emotions a little bit and then following Spurs as a fan would be a little bit easier and then he said that thing about don't invite me into dinner after Spurs or after my football team has lost the game and, and you're I was back, like, you're back in again, aren't you? I'm back in but you weren't back yeah. in uh, for those no, reasons I'll, again. But, well, it, it's not look it, it's it's quite it, it, it's. A contradiction, right? Because I, I'm often someone who says, with football, heart on your sleeve, go fully in. And, it, and if you get burnt, fuck it, it's football. You get up and you go again. That's that's exactly the the the, the cycle that we're that we live and breathe, right? And 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 it makes those highs even higher because of that. And the lows hurt, but that's just a reminder that that's what football does to you. It slaps you down, and you, you have to get back up. However, because he is so erratic and so inconsistent. And you want him to be the anchor point. You want him to be the, the stable one in this relationship, and he's not. It, it's made me a little bit wary of him. That, that I, I can't. It's, he says the right things at the right time, but when things don't go right, he says the wrong things that we need to be hearing, uh, because we are unstable as a fan base as well, and we need a bit of consistency. So I just, I don't want. I'm not at the point where I'm kind of hugging him again. I'm just like standoffish. You know, COVID elbow greeting levels I'm like, of, of. I'm like a, a three-year-old hugging, <laughs> hug, hugging the leg of a father that's been at war for four years and he's just returned home. That's what that's I'm back. Fine. That's fine. That's, that's exactly, all right, man. I want to. I want to feel like that as well. I do. Want you to will. Feel like that. You will. I think it's all right. I feel like that there may be lessons learned. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I think that's fine. Like I'm. I'm with it. I feel like he's like that dad that went for the pack of cigarettes three years ago and has only just come back. Daddy, you're back. Like, yeah. yeah no, I. You know, I love it, and I think really we're talking about. Yeah, we're you're talking back. About, you stink of come. Yeah, you stink of come, <laughs> and you don't have cigarettes. You could have brought me a fucking chomp or something like come on like <laughs> but you are back you are back you are back and it's like you know we're talking about him and we want him to be this diplomatic kind of person but maybe it's for us to adjust maybe it's for us to just go oh it's antonio he's having a fucking rant just leave him to it and you know him if if he was you know if he was locked up right now like dt he wouldn't worry about dropping the soap 
he'd drop it, he'd take his syrup off and go, fucking who wants it? Yeah. And he'd, he'd have it with any man in the shower, no problem it's, at all. So I'm not, I'm, go on. It's not a syrup, though. He had a hair transplant. Really? Oh, see, that's a shame. See, what, I did you think he was walking around with a wig on? Yeah, and do you know what? I was thinking, <laughs> oh I really want to see him. I want to see him change wigs. Like mid-game, mid-game. Yeah, like match the match the away kit. Change like the juju. Change the juju. Yeah, like oh, this wig's not doing it anymore. Put a new syrup on, and oh man, that's ruined yeah, my whole that. day. I love that if it came out with like short back and sides. That'd be that'd be quality. <laughs> um, but yeah, next... like it's it does it does feel like um, despite the fact, and and I felt like this even after losing to Burnley, that the the worry for about Conte was that he was going to walk. And if the worry is about about him walking, it means that we want him to stay. Everybody wants him in. Everyone wants him to stay. We're just worried about his explosive temperament after a defeat that would mean that he might make some rash decision. Like he might. I like I imagine him walking up to um, Daniel Levy's office at Hotspur Way or wherever it where it is the the the, the uh, training ground and. Um, him just coming in and Daniel Levy's sitting down there and he's he's tapping away. He's working out how to, uh, I don't know, fit more seats into the stadium. And uh, Antonio Conde just leans, he just goes, <laughs> he comes into his office, he just puts his shoulder on the door frame, he looks down at the floor and just goes, <sighs> and Daniel's like, what, what's up, Antonio? And I just don't think I can do this anymore. That, that's the kind of, that's the worry that that sort of scenario might might happen. There was when, definitely damage when, limitation, wasn't there, after after that kind of outbreak? Because there was no social media, there was nothing on Instagram, there was no interviews with Conte. There was he then said he had a conversation with Levy, you know, after that game, and it was probably him just calming down and probably shared the drink and or whatever else. And, and then Levy probably said to him, "Just you're not going anywhere, mate. We, we just love get, you. Get on. We get love on you. with what you're doing. Just, not, not only do we love you, we are going to." Give you every player you want in the summer. That's well, what you'd hope. That's what yeah, you'd hope. Yeah. That's what you'd hope. That you... I pray for it. Um, let's go back to the game because uh, Leeds. We knew that Leeds were going to attack us, and we knew that we had, you know, pound for pound everything we needed to beat Leeds. They did cause some problems, and they were always going to, but it made them, in my opinion, quite easy to play. I wasn't comfortable watching this game. I actually want to f- figure out where you guys are at with that, like how comfortable you was watching this game. Like I, I, there were parts in it. I was like, don't score now. Cause I, I, we've been stained by the, you know, being freed up against West Ham. I went back to, I went as far back to, I think early two thousands when we were freeing up against Manchester United and they beat us oh, five. Three. And then we were freeing up against Man City and with a player down, down to 10 men, they beat us four, four, three. You're not Spurs. You're not Spurs. If you've witnessed those results and lived through them, you're not Tottenham if you don't think that 3-0 isn't a guarantee that we're going to win this game. I think everybody, we all always a little bit nervous, especially going 3-0 up in the first half. So how, how how comfortable was you, Spook, watching it? Yeah, I mean, I had moments where I, I, I was I was thinking we we need another here just to just to I, for me three was actually the number where I, I I thought there's no way Leeds can get back into this game. You saw them get back in against Man United. 2-0 down, 2-2. Obviously, they end up losing, uh, I think, 4-2 in that game. So, in, in in this game, I thought three, and it's done. Because they they will still, they've got high work rate. 
uh, high energy. They still come at you. They still create chances. But with us, there's always a chance that we we'll score again. And to be fair, we could have had ten. How many could we have had? You know, we, you we could have had a ridiculous amount, mate. It I could don't have know. been. It was unreal, it, wasn't it? The amount of times yeah. we were getting that. that and, and and I know people were like like bigging up Bielsa, but. Like, you can't do can't that. can't defend. I don't know what his defensive strategy is, it's just in yeah, terms why, of awareness saying, and placement. I, I don't get it. I, I don't do, understand do you know, why. Do you, know, do you know why people love him? It's because he plays great football, but will never achieve a single thing, really. Yeah. And hasn't in his career. Like, his reputation doesn't, um, it, it, it doesn't warrant... No, the amount of trophies he's won and, and, and success that he's had doesn't warrant the reputation he has if you're thinking about how effective his football is. It's great. Yeah. As a neutral, it's fantastic. As an opponent fan, it's fantastic. You can appreciate what Leeds have done. You can appreciate what, what other, other clubs that have done that he's managed. It's great for forwards. They love him. But fundamentally, you would play Leeds every week. You really would. I would. I'd play Leeds every week because I know eight times out of ten, we are scoring three goals. So it's just, yeah... While you have to commend the fact that Leeds do still attack, sometimes you have to be a little bit more pragmatic. This is it. They haven't got that in between. They haven't got that. To and we, them, and we killed them. We killed them because of it. We killed them. Absolutely killed them. That's probably why everyone loves him because you know your team's got a good chance of beating them if you uh, you keep your shit together at the back. And we we kind of did and we didn't. I mean, like you said earlier, like we did offer them the opportunity to to have a shot on goal and uh, they came close a few times but that's football isn't it sometimes you score sometimes you don't and with Leeds they had they had nothing but to, to pick the ball up from the back and of their net plus they were chasing as well so, so it's like it's, it, there's one thing being Leeds and being an attacking outfit and really kind of you know going for a game but when you're 3-0 down you've got to you have to open up and, um, and you're going to get chances if you do it but you're also going to concede them and uh, we saw when we scored the fourth that, that that's what, what happened. Um, Lloris nearly threw the ball into his own net, even though he was like 40 yards away from his own goal. Cal, at that moment, I don't want to know what you're thinking. So we're thinking, good. We're oh, thinking we... the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was but... so funny. Like, we're 3-0 up, and like you, Flav, I yes, you're, and I always say it. You're not proper Spurs if you're not shitting yourself at three 0 up, even in the 60th, 70th minute. You are not proper Spurs unless you are bricking it at that point. Fuck! Please don't blow this. Please don't blow this. Like, and when he came out and he dived at his feet, was it Jack Harrison? He dived at his feet with his hand. No, with his hand, like it was like he was I in the penalty what area. He was doing, man, what was he doing? Do you understand? Like, if 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 the ball had touched his hand, he would have been sent off instantly. Yes. Yes, and I was half expecting a VAR to come up and say, oh, he handballed it. But yeah, thankfully, he just kind of just threw himself to the ground and didn't really make an attempt at the ball. But what at the time, I was like, oh, my God, he's going to score here. And that <laughs> that still of the, the of the whole goal gaping and Jack yeah. Harrison with the ball. I think it was Jack Harrison. Apologies to everyone at home if I'm wrong. No, I think it's Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, oh, Dallas. Dallas. Right, thank you. Um, yeah, and it was... Um, yeah, and he's and he's bottled it, and he's tried to one more touch, one more touch, one more touch, and Ben Davies has managed to managed to get back. But but when, you but, watch, when, you when in, replay, in that still that you mentioned in that still that you mentioned, um, yeah. Ben Davies wasn't even in shot. Mm-mm. So if you if you if anyone wants to see this, I, I um, tweeted it 
uh, on my account, Flav underscore Bateman, if you want to have a look. Um, it's mad. That's still, and there's still a lot can change in a few milliseconds of football. Yeah. But Dallas gets the ball. Loris is further away from him than than um, Dallas is to the goal. Romero's coming in. Is it Romero? I think it is Romero. And then Dal- uh, uh, and and Dyer, I mean, uh, Davies is not even in the shot. Mm. So how he hasn't... It was, and, and the thing, it, it wasn't just him not scoring. It was it was just a simple block in the end. And that, at 75 minutes, that's, that is worrying. Because West, we were 3-0 we were up later than this when West Ham mm. scored their first goal at home. Mm. But they were... Yeah, but the, the, the thing was, at the, once, once that was blocked... Then I felt comfortable. I was like, "No, you lot don't have this today." And they were they were blowing out their ass from about seventy minutes onwards, and we were actually having the ball at our leisure at times. And you talk about how many could we have scored? We had eleven shots on target from fifteen shots overall. That's pretty accurate. That's we very could, good. We could have scored. We could have scored ten. Like it was. Yes, they had some shots, but they only had three on target and the two that hit the post. So it could have been like 10-5 or something. It was well, it was really, really mad, but I thought we could, were dominant in the end. It could, yeah, and this is the thing, is like game, game of inches, and we're so sort of infused by this game, but like they they hit the post twice. That that when we were 2-0 up, they hit the post. Um, I mean, it was a good opportunity. And if it was a few inches to the left, that would have gone in, and the, the, the whole sort of pattern of the game would have changed. And sometimes you need the luck. And... We didn't need luck to win that game because we were the better side and we deserved to win. But you deal, you know, you we were, we did benefit from the rub of the green at the right times of the game, and um, you know it's just one of those things. Sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. You know, we've we've had you know you could say you argue, argue the same thing about Harry Kane against Burnley, where you hit the bar of a header a couple of inches down, one up, different game, and they have to come out, leave spaces, and football changes. Um, before I'm going to talk about with you guys about Harry Kane and how good he's been again, it's hard to do that over many years of talking about how good he is. But he's the narrative around him now is is very different because of what happened in the summer and because of how good he's playing. But before we do that, I um I, I was I was given the opportunity to jump into a Twitter space with uh, such a mad thing to say. I jumped into a Twitter space with John Motson, <laughs> and uh, he, uh, he he's launched uh, some NFTs about. And John Monson is launching F- NFTs, by the way, um, about uh, his top fifty games that he's witnessed. And obviously, he he chose a game that has made it very difficult for us to talk about because it was uh, Spurs' nine nil win over Bristol Rovers. I think it was. Was it? Sounds right. Yeah, when we uh, we we Colin came Bell up scored. that season, it yeah we we were relegated the, the year before. And we came back up. Yeah, Colin Bell scored four on his debut. Um, but it, w- what I most wanted to talk to him about was Harry Kane and what he thought of him and whether or not he will he will be remembered when he hangs up his boots as the the greatest ever striker in the Premier League. And I, after some sort of negotiation, I think we found a common ground. 
So we've got Flav from Spurs and the Fighting Cock at Love the Shirt, um, who's joining us first of all now. A little bit later, we'll have Lewis from City Extra, Chris from Red Men TV and Mark Goldbridge from the United Stand. Flav, hello, how are you doing? Thanks for joining um us. I'm, I'm fantastic, and thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to talk to legend that is John Watson. Oh, pleasure. <laughs> I mean, it's so good to have him on. Um, John, you were just, Motti, you were going with the Spurs 9, Bristol Rovers nil back in 1977. I think that was number 49 on your list. So why don't we start <laughs> there since we've got, we, yeah. we want to keep a Spurs fan happy because last night, we're not going to mention Burnley, are we, Flav? No, no. No, <laughs> no please. Uh, I, I was assured that that wouldn't be mentioned. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> go on then, tell us about this game, Motti. Well, I, I, I remember going to White Hart Lane, of course, which was Tottenham's ground then, until very recently it was. Um, I remember getting to the game and realising that Keith Birkinshaw, who, as Flav will know, was the Tottenham manager at the time, wasn't at the game. He'd gone away to scout another player who he wanted to sign. But on the day... At, back at White Hart Lane, two players he had signed, um, Colin Lee and Ian Moores, were the stars of the show. Colin Lee scored four. I think that might have been his Spurs debut, Flad. And, it was. And, um, it was. It, it was. And, and Ian Moores got a hat-trick, didn't he? Um, yes. And Bris Bristol Rovers, who had Bobby Gould playing at centre-forward, were absolutely overwhelmed. The ball was going in the net every two... It seemed every two or three minutes. And I also knew, of course, that the match of the day record at the time was 8-0. And I wanted Spurs to get the ninth goal so that they could hold the record for the highest scoring game, uh, certainly by one team, on match of the day. And that's how it turned out. I think, I think we, we still talk about that game. Uh, I think, <laughs> like, you know, it, it, was, it was four years before I was born, but it, it kind of resonates. And the fact that Colin Lee made his debut for Spurs and scored four was an incredible thing. And my dad, I spoke to my dad earlier because obviously it was, it was before my time, but I was asking my dad who was in the ground and watched that that that, that um, performance and that result. And he just said Colin Lee, uh, Colin Lee was fantastic and they thought that he would be the forward that would carry Tottenham on to absolute glory. But I, 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 if, if I may, can I ask you a question about what you think about Harry Kane? Because oh, well, obviously... <laughs> yeah. Well, he's scored a few more than Colin Lee, hasn't he, in his career? Yes, he has. But, but uh, I think he eventually, I think he'll go on and overtake Alan Shearer's Premier League record, the, the rate at which he's scoring. Of course, uh, he got two last weekend, didn't he, against Manchester City, so that helped. And um, I think he'll go on piling them up. I think he's. I think the thing about Harry Kane is he's not just a goal scorer, uh, because in the Tottenham system, as you will well know, He's, he's also been responsible for a lot of assists, hasn't he? And uh, I think he and Son um, have broken the record for the most goals made by two, two players for each other. Indeed. I just want to ask you, do you think that he will go on to be the greatest ever striker in the Premier League? If he beats well, Shearer's record, is, is that undeniable? Absolutely. If he beats Shearer's record, he is the most outstanding goal scorer of the Premier League era. And, uh, of course, there was a lot of football played before um, the, the, the Premier course, League. And yeah. you, your yeah. dad will remember Jimmy Greaves scoring all sorts of uh, marvellous hat-tricks and goals for Tottenham. But Harry Kane is the man of the moment as far as goal scoring is concerned, both for Tottenham and England. So, some, of, uh, some of my rival fans, who you may speak to later on, will suggest that Harry Kane 
maybe not be the best striker in the Premier League era because he hasn't won anything. Does it? Does he need to win something, or is he just the greatest? Now, it would help if he was to win a trophy or two, wouldn't it? It would help Spurs in general, wouldn't it, if they could uh, start winning cups and things like that, which they haven't the done for quite some for quite some years. But um, no, I, I think what what we're looking at with Harry Kane is just a, a lad who really worked hard at his game early in his career. People seem to forget that he was on loan at three or four clubs before he really broke through at Tottenham. Yeah, agreed. I think what we're getting to here, uh, Marty, is that Harry Kane is probably better than Shearer, better than Henri, uh, and and uh, probably is the greatest striker that we will ever witness uh, in the Premier League. I think we're agreeing on this. Well, Flav, you, you, you're obviously a dyed-in-the-wool <laughs> Spurs fan, so I'm not going to argue with you at the moment. But he's still got some way to go to, to catch Shearer, so let, let's, let's not call him the greatest yet. But okay. certainly every every chance that he will be, yes. Fair enough. Flav, just, just before you go, um, how, how nostalgic do you feel about White Hart Lane? I was lucky to be there on your last ever match and there was fireworks and there were tears as well. And, I, I mean, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is absolutely brilliant and I love it, but it, it hasn't got quite the feel, the same feel, has it? Oh, God, you're going to make me cry. I, Sorry. I, 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 miss the, I miss the old place so much. And, and anybody who um, you know follows Spurs and is lucky enough to be a match day going fan to visit the old stadium and 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 to to have an experience of things that it's not it isn't just about the football it's about all the memories you create with your family and your friends and in intrinsic or, or, or entrenched in the, the the bricks and mortar of that old stadium is all the memories that we had as as Spurs fans so it's I I, I love that the new the, 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 the Daniel Lee did an incredible thing building that new stadium. He really, really did. But there's nothing he could do to replace what we had before. And I'm, I'm, I, I really wish that I could sort of go back and and and, and sit in the old White Lane once again. But I can't. And I just oh. hold on to the memories that we've we've had there. And you know, it's you know, it's it's all good. It's just having a massive shift in, in, in a stadium as such as we have had and West Ham have had, um, it's, it's, it's hard to replicate. It really, really is. No, I can imagine. Flav, thanks so much for joining us. And um, let's do this again soon. Cheers. I don't know, I thought, I mean, you I did say Colin Bell. Bell. Did I, I say Colin Bell? Colin. What it was Colin, Colin Lee, wasn't City. It? Yeah, it's Colin Bell. Yeah. My bad. Colin Bell was yeah. City, yeah. He's yeah. So uh, as uh, we, we've hit record for the second part of this podcast, and, and as I'm so professional in my unprofessionalism, I got the name wrong of Colin Lee. I say Colin Bell. I don't know where that came from. Uh, but there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Motty still plugging away. He's a bit of an icon, isn't it? So it was lovely. It was a really great opportunity to sit down and speak to him. And um, yeah, he's releasing these top 10 this week, apparently. So go and check that out. Uh, let's let's move on to, to Kane. First of all, uh, before we go on to them two breaking the record, which is amazing in itself... Is this the best form you've ever seen Kane in uh, in a Spurs well, just in his career? Obviously, at, at Spurs, Spook. What, what what did you? I don't, what, I, is it I better? I don't than... know if it's. I think it's an evolution, uh, but the the guy just doesn't stop. Like it's just in terms of um, you kind of expect him to stop scoring, right? Because he he loses that ability to do to do that, right? But he hasn't lost that ability. He's had. You know, the guy went to Disneyland and fucked things up 
at the start of the season. And obviously mentally and the rest of it has meant that he's not been on fire in front of goal this this year. But what he's doing, if anything, is prolonging his career by dropping deeper. And he's he's playing Hoddle-esque balls from, from, from deep, threading in unparalleled passing. Like he is I mean, I jokingly said he's our best ever striker. He'll end up being our best ever midfielder at this rate because he's just the the quality that he, he possesses on the ball um, is just fucking amazing. It's and unbelievable. It's and unbelievable. It's, and those moments are, are, are as thrilling and 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 uh, just in terms of um, like the respect that you have for a footballer when he does a certain bit of skill, or whatever else. But we, with Kane, obviously, it's him finishing the finishing the ball and, and, and the, the ball smacking the back of the net. But when he's when he's assisting the way that he does and finding those balls, it's 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 still a thing of beauty, right? You know, whether oh, yeah. it's an assist or whether it's just a pass that comes to nothing, because you, you do stop and look at him and think. When when are you just going to be shit? When are you just going to be average? So it doesn't matter if we sell you to City. But he just the guy is relentless. Best form. I mean, last year it scored uh, the most goals and, and got the most assists. Right. Um, he's had seasons where he smashed. You know, again, golden boots. The rest of it, you can argue that's his best form. But he's a different type of player now. Um, and, and like I said, it's just the evolution of the guy. He's just. It's just the intelligence and the ability to to still be able to produce the football with his feet. He's just he's not going to age uh, the way that I thought he might. I thought maybe his ankles and the rest of his bones will just become brittle and and, and useless. But I hope he never fucking leaves Tottenham. Uh, you know the way he's he's pushing pulling in these uh, performances. It's it's and, and and we you know we were all so angry with him at the the first part of the season. Forgive him now, I think. Uh, yes, yeah, so I was going to ask how are, are we. This is that that part is done, and we accept it, and um, we just forget about it now because he's brilliant again. Yeah, I think I think we have to because I think we have to now. He's our player. You can see he's really he's back in terms of his mentality, in terms of playing for Tottenham. You can see the desires there to play for Tottenham. It's and then if in the summer he goes, oh fuck you, I want to go again. Then we'll get mad again. Then, but for now, <laughs> uh, I think. For now, I think we've. He seems like he's all in with us, so we have to be all in with him. Um, and you know, Pat, you know, you talk about how how good he is. You know how good he's been. I think last season was a brilliant season for him. Um, you know, he scored forty one goals in seventeen eighteen. He's not near that that rate at the minute, but I think the hamstring injury actually changed him. I think he's more economical with his movement. I think you watch him; he doesn't doesn't close down centre-backs as much or close down a goalkeeper as much. He just kind of plods along. But when he gets the ball, he kind of glides past players now. And he can play amazing passes with both feet. His vision is something else. And he's a brilliant finisher. He just looks the complete player. And he looks comfortable. And I thought it was actually a travesty that he didn't win Player of the Year last year or even get close to winning Player of the Year. I understand we finished seventh, but if you're the top goal scorer and you're the top assister in the seventh team, seventh best team in the country, you should yeah. be near the fuck. You should be within the fucking running for the yeah, Player of the Year. Yeah, it's a lot easier if you've got like a, 10 other world-class players around you and, and, and Jose Mourinho isn't your manager. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And it's, it's um, he's just... Just unreal. It's just, 
unreal. And if Manchester City or any club, and there's like rumours in, in the press that Harry Kane will be available this year because he has two years left on his contract. If he's available this year, he's going to cost you more money than, than it was uh, that was mooted last year. If he continues to do this towards the end of the season, you're not getting Harry Kane for 100 million if Grealish is worth 100 million. You're not. You're just not. So someone has to come in with an absolutely gargantuan bid for a player who is coming into his, what, he'd be 30? He's 29 in July. So, but uh, 29 in July, is that right? Correct. Okay, all right. Well, I I thought he was 30, but it doesn't matter. matter. The point is, is that that he's in in his prime. He's getting, it's going to cost a fortune. You don't want to deal with Tottenham. If Chelsea come in, then we're taking Lukaku under Conte, which, I mean, Lukaku and Kane up front. I'm dreaming now, I'm dreaming. I'm absolutely dreaming. Um, Let's let's just just quickly say, just quickly, it's funny how we age footballers, isn't it? Like you, when you, when a footballer's thirty years old, you're like fucking hell. He's he's nearly at that age where he's past it. Like thirty, he's... it's not the same now though. That used to be the point. The thirty was the decline the, where players started to go into decline. Yeah, it changed. Well, this is it. He could have another five, six years. But he's talked previously about playing till he's forty. He could do it based on you know, like I thought. I thought Cal summed it up perfectly. He's economical with the way that he plays his football he's protecting himself because you know he knows what he can do when you get the ball to his feet so yeah he could he could definitely do that so we maybe we can look forward to hit to re-signing him after he wins everything at man city no 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 no, 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 no. he's staying he's staying no. like, no. pay, him, pay him that messy money pay him silly money pay him five hundred thousand pounds a week pay him whatever he wants We've got one of the best footballers in the world, and he has an affection for Tottenham. Yes, yes, what happened last summer was shit, and I fucking hated him for it. But if we with Conte in charge, and if Daniel Levy can can give Conte a hundred million pounds plus whatever he sells, we can do bits next season. And there's he he responds Kane to big managers winners he responded to Mourinho he did yeah and Mourinho was a dinosaur and finished but, but did I wonders hate... for Kane though did I didn't hate him I didn't hate Jose I know <laughs> I he didn't did hate wonders him. for Kane though like he Kane, did Kane, man yeah Kane, Kane stock rose under Jose Mourinho 100% 100% he responded he responds to that that mentality that win at all costs be a cunt mentality and He's responding to Conte as well. He loves playing for a ruthless winner. And if you know Conte, if Conte gets the backing in the summer, and if we can get if we get top four or not, or win the FA Cup, or just the promise of we're going to go big dogs this summer, Harry, we're going to pay you four hundred grand a week, and we're going to pump one hundred and fifty million on transfers. We're going to win the league this year, Harry. Um, then you know, give him whatever he wants, man. Like, yeah, he's he's ours, and we need to keep him. Yeah, it's been it's been discussed. Apparently, if you believe the rumours, that he'll he's going to be offered a new three year deal um, with better wages and better money and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so so Harry Kane and Huminson broke the record, and if you look at the players that were involved in that conversation, not least um, Lampard and Drogba, was it? Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. they, they're over. They were over on thirty six. 
Yeah, and it happened this week, and it was a lovely thing where Harry Kane and Hummin Son embraced each other, and the players kind of stepped away, and they they pointed at each other. They realised. I know. I know. It's all, all. If you if you're, you know, it, if you're being a cynic, you, you obviously you can feel like they're playing up to the crowd. But fundamentally, what they've achieved is better than all of those players that are, that are in that list in the Premier League era. Is insane. I don't think. Well, I don't. There, there probably won't be a pairing that that beats beats them. If if, if Son signed a, a, a new contract, a long term contract, Harry Kane has. At least two years in his in his contract, but if he signs a new one, um, he could uh, you know he, he could be at Spurs for many years. Like he, not only could Harry Kane beat Shearer's record, but Son and Kane could go on a a run that was it, that is unbelievable. I just I wonder if not only will Tottenham fans see another pairing as great as those two at Tottenham, but will the Premier League ever see a pairing as good as them two? speak uh yeah i mean at some point probably but we'll be long dead mate i mean at the end of the day i think we've been blessed by i mean even with the lack of success that spurs have had we always seem to have some of the best players in the league the, the players that every other top club wants to sign do you know what i'm saying yeah and, well, my dad and, my dad would always always go on about um spurs spurs always have great strikers Gal, don't worry about it. Whatever happens, Spurs always have great strikers. We, so. we we always land on our feet like that. We always, whether it's someone we bring in or, or in Kane's, I mean, Kane's story is 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 one of legend now because it's like he's he kind of broke into the team because our player acquisition was just shit. You know, we were buying, we were spending money on on strikers that were just not making it, and he kind of broke into the team that way. And and what he's achieved. From his late training sessions and the determination to be a top top player, it's unreal, unreal respect for what he's done. Um, and, and and the likes of Son and Kane, you, you want to see them crowned and, and kind of consolidate that that legacy beyond just the joy that they've given us as players. Because apparently that's not important anymore. You don't win anything; it's shit. Which is a, a load of bollocks for people that actually just go to the football. And, yeah, yeah. Just Exactly, it's just it, it, it shouldn't really trigger anyone. I don't know why I'm getting triggered now, but the point is, for us, not giving a shit about every other fan base and pundit, for us, you want to you want to see those players crowned. But do you know what? When I think back to to to, to players, I don't necessarily think, oh yeah, they won the League Cup when we beat Chelsea in 2028, uh, 2008 rather, time mm. travelling. Um, I, I don't. I, I remember that game. Obviously, I was there. Lovely to Dick, Dick Chelsea in the final, Woodgate, the rest of it. Um, but you know, it's King and Robbie Keane. When you do think back to the moment where they're holding silverware, it, it, it's it's great. But it doesn't define them. It doesn't define Deadly King for me that that day. It's just a, a great memory. Yeah, um, we wouldn't and feel it's great less, to win a cup. We wouldn't feel any any less about uh, Robbie Keane or Ledley King. If they had not had won we, the, yeah. the Worthington Cup, whatever yeah, it was, yeah, exactly. I, you, yeah, it was Carling Cup. Um, I got, I got the ticket up on the fucking wall. I mean, that's you're looking pathetic, at it, isn't it? Isn't it? it? Yeah, I, I, it. I just turned around to have a look at the ticket. The battered ticket looks like a Dead Sea Scroll. So fucking old. But yeah, you want to, you, you, we want to feel that moment, that crowning moment, 
crowning glory where they win something together at Spurs because you you never ever forget the smile on on their faces. Do you know what I mean? And, and that just be another grand memory to add to it. But what they've achieved as players is just it's mind blowing. Uh, for, especially for a team like you said, who yeah, we do finish seventh. We do have our occasional blips. Um, and the thing is, is we we um, we. They they know how important it is and how, how important it is as a Spurs fan as well, don't they, Kel? Yeah, I, I think they do, and I think that's why they you hear the players talk about it so much about winning a trophy because I think they they want to do it for the club and the supporters as much as themselves, and they know how good they are and they know how good they've been, and I think we'd all love to see, you know, particularly Kane and Son and, and Hugo Lloris lift a trophy for this club because. The football they've played and the, the the things they've given us, they deserve that. Um, not because you know it will shut up LFC twenty seven on fucking Twitter. It gives a shit like um, about these faceless gorms that have never been to a game. Um, it doesn't it doesn't mean anything, but it it will mean something for them. And and I, I we want it for them, and they want it for us. I want to see Kane's son lift the trophy because they deserve to. And I think they would love to see yeah. that for us as well. And you think about, you know, we've, we've obviously been talking about Harry Kane and how good he's been playing, but think about Hungman's son, this player who we signed from Bayer Leverkusen didn't do great in the first, in his first season. There was talk about him leaving, um, but you could see he was suited to the league because he's so direct and players like that are, di- that are direct. Um, usually do work well in the Premier League. It's unbelievable. And... When you just mentioned that, uh, Cal, it, 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 that, that we signed this player, it was big, it was relatively big money back then. I think we paid £22 million for him. Yeah, about that, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and that wasn't insignificant. We're talking eight years ago now? Mm. No, is, that, is it maybe not that long, but it, it's... I don't know how many seasons he's played with us now. It just feels like he's been here forever. But he was... In that first season, I remember them. He was out injured for a long time. And he had a, an issue about a tendon on the bottom of his foot, where at the time it was reported that this could be like a significant injury and and, and career defining, and he won't uh, have the burst of pace that he had previously because of this tendon issue. And um, and he's gone from that us buying a, 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 a relatively obscure player. I don't think. Had any of you heard of Hummin Son before he signed for Spurs? Mm-mm, no. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to pre- pretend that I, I, you know, I heard the name, but I did not. I had to YouTube him, basically. Right, right. and he, he, he's going he's gonna to retire at Spurs as one of our greatest ever forwards. <laughs> and that's not, that's, that's not bold, is it? That, that's a fair thing to say. No, I don't think it's bold at all. And, you know, as I said before, he was someone that, that nearly left the club. And then, like you said, Flav, he, he had the injuries. But I think I think one day, you know, 20 years from now, I, I think we'll look back at Harry Kane and, and Hyung-min Son uh, and even Lucas Mora. We will look back at them as club legends, win a trophy or not, because football is about moments. It's not about cups. And those three players in particular have given us some of the best moments we'll ever have watching Spurs. And Sonny, uh, and I fucking adore him. I absolutely adore him as a footballer and as a man. And if it comes out, if it comes out that he was a danger, I don't give a shit. I'll still love him. <laughs> um, 
It's. I'm, I'm glad you pulled yourself back there a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> there was a moment <laughs> no, it was, pause, yeah. and I was like, this, this is the fighting cop, but I was like, oh God, what's he going to say? <laughs> no, I know. This, you know you know that gremlin that lives in my head better I do, than I, I do. do. Sometimes he's there and he is what, he's can I charge. Can I ask you a question where I think you were going with that, that, that sort of salvo that you were yeah. on there? Yeah. When, when all is said and done in five or six years where, and probably before that, where Son and Kane are gone and Lucas Moura are gone, and this is a bit existential actually, but like, how, would do you think your memories back of those two, certainly Kane and Son, yeah, do you think that they that, that you'll more fondly remember Son or Kane? Probably Son uh, for different because, reasons, though, isn't it? It's not. Yeah, it's like I I. At right now, I love them both, and throughout my time, I love them both. But son, I think it's just his little face. It is and... his face. It is his face. That's what it comes down to. It's his face. His beautiful, little yeah. fucking happy face. His little face, and at a time where you could argue we were at a low point, a very low point. We were in the Conference League. We just sacked Jose Mourinho. We just lost the League Cup final. We'd hired Nuno. He signs a new contract. And not only does he sign a new contract, while well, Harry Kane, whether you like it or not, why whether he was either getting himself fit after the Euros or having a sulk, it's up to you what one you believe, he kind of carried us. Yeah. And he was the leader that we needed. It wasn't Kane. It wasn't Hugo. It he was, was Hugo son. It was Hugo son, and he signs a new contract at Tottenham to stay at Tottenham, even though we were playing in a fucking conference league. So I think that's why. I think that's why he didn't hedge his bets. He didn't go, oh, I'll wait until next summer. I've still got a couple more years. He goes, no, I love Tottenham. I want to stay at Tottenham. So And, and uh, the irony of this is that the, there's no player that's had more clutch moments than Lucas Moura. Like compared to... And Kane's been consistently brilliant. Son's been absolutely brilliant. But Lucas Moura has, given, has turned up in, in times of absolute desperation and mm. delivered. I know mm. he's not on those levels but he needs to be he needs to be remembered properly when... the, the thing is you can say that the same about Ricky Villa because there, there's a lot of revisionist history with, yes. with him because he, yes. he, he he wasn't like he wasn't consistent mm. but but he had possibly one of the most iconic moments in our history mm. you know in that cup final against Man City uh, and and that's if that's all he did I mean he didn't he scored some other goals as well that, that should be remembered. He did um, less. But he, he did. He, he did. He, he's probably done more. Lucas Moura has probably done more. Yeah. Than Ricky Villa. But Ricky but, Villa won the FA Cup. Exactly. Is, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's, that's my point. But that isn't on Ricky Villa. It was on on an entire sort of tactical plan and ten other players <laughs> being a part of it. Whereas Lucas Moura single handedly, well, not single. That's the thing. It's the same thing. But yeah, no, no. I get your point. Like if we. We didn't win, but Lucas Moura did the same, if not more, than, than Ricky Villa did. The, the, the thing is, football isn't just about... I mean, football is about those margins and those moments and the rest of it. And, and it's it, we're sat here talking about what, what might have been, what I'm about to anyway. If we, if we had <laughs> won that final, if we had won the Champions League final, then everything... Like literally everything that that we we worry about about legacy and about how um, you know how are these players are going to be remembered that wouldn't be wouldn't we wouldn't matter anymore simply because of 
this this uh, connection we always have to make that it only matters if you win something. But had we done that, we would have broken football for starters. But all these players would have got their their reward, and we would have got our reward for having to walk around in the wilderness for for so long. But you know, sometimes it doesn't pay off, and you're left with those secondary moments. But those secondary moments are the ones that put you in the position to believe beyond your wildest dreams. And and you can have a go at Spurs and call this Tim Pot and small time and the rest of it. But not a lot of football clubs in world football ever get that opportunity to go beyond that daydream. That we have come in touching distance to 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 to, to, to things that would have gone down in, in legend, right? It would have been so lovely, oh, wouldn't it? It would have been so fucking it's, lovely. Football's, a, football's fucking cruel. And at the same time, I'm not... Not for everyone, though. Well, no. You, you know, you have to launder a lot of... For, for most people. Russian money to... to yeah, for, to, yeah. For, for, for 99% of football fans, it's cruel. And we and just it. happened, I guess, arguably, it's worse for us because there's this expectancy because of who we are and arguably people go, why are Tottenham flirting with the Super League? Why are Tottenham in the top 10 biggest clubs in world football? Because we fucking are, because we've got a loyal fan base and we've got loads of money. We've got a massive stadium and massive support and we're, we're, we're always, always in amongst it. We just don't have the tools to go beyond that. And sometimes I do wonder. Uh, and that, and that, that's where the Enoch out sort of stuff comes from. It's like, we have all these things. And other clubs that are in a similar financial position to us, in the top 10 Forbes list, richest football clubs in the world, we're in the top 10 in the world. Why, why, why isn't that evident on the football pitch? And that, that's, I, that, that's the one thing, like, again, like, over and over again, I've said I'm not Enoch out. I'm not, I don't want Daniel Levy to uh, leave the football club. But I do, want, I do want him to perform on a level that other clubs that are on a same same financially financial standing as us, I do want us to perform on that level as well. So I can get where the frustration comes from. I really can. Yeah. I think Nothing. there's an element about you know we found us we found ourselves reminiscing about the Champions League run, and uh, I think there's something to be said about it was almost the worst thing to happen to us because it just raised the expectations so much, and because we got there and we didn't quite win it. It was like, well, now we want to win it, or now we, we want to win something. We were rubbish domestically at that point. Yeah, yeah, we were, we were. We were coming to the end of a cycle under Pochettino. We've covered that a million times, and you know, as much as we love Pochettino, and we did at the time, it was coming to an end, and it came to an end, and now he's shot as a coach. He's finished. Um, but you know, I think that's where the frustration comes from because we we got so close and we didn't quite get there. But you know, I think now under Conte with Hung Min Sun and Harry Kane and Daniel Levy's put his hands up and said, "You know what? I'm not a football man. I'm going to get Paratici to kind of run this now." And he's making he's made the right moves, and I do believe that this summer, I think this summer we're going to go big dogs, and we might not win the title, but I think that's, next season that we're gonna... doesn't matter. Yeah, I think next season we might win something, we might not, but I think we're going to have a lot of big moments over the next couple of years. Oh, yeah, I, I think I think the Phoenix is starting to it's, rise again. It, it's fronting up, isn't it, man? We we want to we we want to know the club are doing everything in their power to challenge, and then then it's with the gods. Like that's why we were so 
again to bang on about the Poch team. That's why we were all together and, and binded together, players, the club, the supporters, because we were pushing in the right direction. And and I guess the point I was making earlier um, was it's the, the journey part of it, those steps that you make is the bit that gives you the experience. And then if you're lucky, you get the payoff at the end of it and you lift the cup. And that's we haven't had we haven't had the money shot basically. We we've, we've had all the build up and then it, nothing at the end. Um, and in these moments, we do everything right. You can't say we don't. Just in terms of what the players are doing, rather we do everything right. What Son and and Kane um, have given us and the rest of them are, are iconic moments. Are are stuff of legend. It's just that we don't finish the job and we don't finish the job because of all the other things that we don't really want to talk about, all the politics and the, the fact that we, we just don't do what the other big clubs do and they just spend money on, on wages, astronomical amounts of money on wages and, and, and players. And it's that, you know, how do you bridge that gap? But that that's, you know, look, we keep banging on about the summer. That's for us to, to see, you know, step up. We've got Conte. Yeah, we got the yeah. right man. We got the right energy. We, he's all, he hates fucking losing so much. The guy literally has a meltdown because he lost to Burnley, which is enough to send anyone into a meltdown. But that's how much he despises defeat, and he just yeah. can't wrap his brain ab- Can around. Only be a good thing. It is <laughs> as long as he doesn't keep having a meltdown every time we do lose. Then uh, you know we. We might learn yeah, something. But, but, but what I'm saying is that it might be difficult for Spurs fans, myself included, and you, Spooker, who, who, you know, we talked about this earlier, about his reaction to certain games and maybe he should be a little bit more stoical about losing a game. But ultimately, he hates losing. And if he can instill that same mentality in every player that plays for Spurs, is I hate losing as much as Conte does that they will give everything to that last minute. And and it kind of correlates with what he's saying as well, because he said so many times, we need to control a game on every level for 90 minutes. And that's what he's doing from the, from, from the touchline. He's trying to control everything for 90 minutes. When he was a player, he, he, he would have had that same mentality. And he, 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 you know, achieved so much in his playing career. So you know, he knows what he wants his players to do, and when they don't, when they want, they aren't died in a wall in victory in the same way that he is. Then he probably finds it difficult. Hmm. Um, we, I, I want to go back to the Leeds game before we finish here and mention our wing backs because against Burnley, the biggest problem I think that we had was Sessegnon not performing and Emerson Royale not performing, but before. Both Doherty and Sessegnon were fantastic. Really, really good. Sessegnon's delivery into the box for Doherty's goal. Two fullbacks or com- um, wingbacks combining to score a goal is what you want. I mean, that's a dream. That takes out all of the burden of Harry Kane and, and Hummin Son. You know, they, they're doing their job there. there is, so so our, our first goal, which set us up for this victory, was between... Sessegnon and Doherty, two players that aren't rated by Spurs fans necessarily and largely about their performance. So I just let's start with Doherty and then we'll end on Sessegnon and then we'll finish the pod. But Doherty hasn't, Doherty hasn't done anything wrong since being given the opportunity of playing in that right wing-back role that was so familiar to him at Wolves through three or four seasons. 
where it ended up in getting a move to Tottenham. What, what did you... It, there's, there's, there's a question about, like, not doing anything wrong isn't enough to warrant a move to Spurs. But he, he's, he, he's been fine. Like, like, in that position, especially against, against Leeds, he was really, really good, Cal. Yeah, it's. I think when the when the game's open, like it was, or against Leicester, uh, either the last game of last season or the or this season, the away game this season, that's when he's at his best. When the game's open, when he's got space to attack into, when the ball's being moved quickly, he looks like a proper footballer when he does that. Um, I thought Conte let him down by playing him at left wing back for the Chelsea game, and I think there was another game. We didn't have any option. We didn't do anything for him. No, that's what I mean. For him, it did nothing for him. And he's had a really tough time at Spurs. And, you know, he's on to his third coach now. And it must have been really hard for him. And those games playing left wing back, it, it wouldn't wouldn't have helped him at all. But when he scored on Saturday, I was so happy for him. And I tweeted about, I tweeted that um, it would that would have done the world of good, not not just for Matt Doherty, but also for Ryan Sessegnon, because I thought Ryan Sessegnon was excellent on the Saturday. Ball was, the ball was insane. It was such it, a good good ball across. It's exactly what you want your your wing backs or wingers the, the, the kind of ball he wants to put in straight to his feet. Though he didn't like it was a good finish. It really was a good good finish. And, he, and the the more impressive part of it was that he was in position to 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 be there to receive it. That mm, that, I, that would have been worked on. Yes, definitely. And that's that's I think that's what Conte wants wants from his wing backs is both of them bombing into the box. And the ball from Sessignon that gave me real Gareth Bale against Inter Milan vibes. Beats the beats the right back and just plays it, swings it into the box, and there was Matt Doherty to finish it. So pleased for both yeah, of them. Man. And yeah. Sessignon what the Sessignon needed, actually, Sergio Reggion getting COVID. It's actually been a good thing for Sessegnon because... It's forced him in the team, isn't it? Yeah, he has to play. And normally he would be allowed to, and I'm making wild assumptions here, to kind of not play two games in a row because, you know, Reggion would be there. Now he's been forced to play. You have to play. We need you to play two, two, three times a week. We need you to do it. And he's doing it and he's doing well. Fair play it to looked, him and fair play to Dockett. Spook, it looked like he's, yeah. he'd been worked on, didn't it? Like it looked like because Conte mentioned about Cessna needing to believe in himself. We talked about that on a Patreon podcast about him, that Conte saying that he needs to believe in himself. Mm. He needs to 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 commit and and be brave. And it felt like in this game he was he was brave. It, he was it's com- comfort and self confidence. And if you if you if you're if you you know, I think the the the, the quotes were around uh, Conte saying it's. You know he can believe in the player, but it's not about his belief in the player. It's the the player's belief in him, in himself. Yes. So you need to, and and that's okay. They're really fancy words. What does that actually mean? And how does it how does it translate onto the football pitch? Well, it does translate to getting games, and sometimes you have to get lucky. I mean, you, you mentioned Gareth Bell, Cal. I mean, mm. he was almost sold by Tottenham, and he came into the team because Benny was injured and. The rest was history. Now, I'm not yeah, making the same comparison. Nottingham Forest, wasn't it? He was going... Forest, Birmingham, yeah, it was just, yeah, we were going to let him go. But it, we, we, we've, with Cess, it, it is a case that what is the best way for, for a player to really kind of bed in and, and, and find that confidence? He's got to play football and he's got to play football 
in the Premier League for the first team. And and when you're chopping changing, it's not you're not really going to have any fluidity with with that. And um, he's obviously a capable player. We know what he can do. He was like the Championship Player of the Year. Comes up difficult season with Fulham. Um, we bring bring into Spurs, and, and like most of the players that we end up sign, we've end up signing in the last few years, completely mismanaged them um, because we're buying players that don't fit the system, or don't, don't fit the coach, and 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 they they they're out on loan, and it's just you know people stop rating them at that point. They haven't seen enough of them. There's nothing to to kind of anchor your 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 kind of belief and hoping, but. He's he's a talented player, and he looked comfortable, and they both look comfortable. I mean, Matty boy, he's just you. You don't want to see any Spurs player do play badly. You know, you don't want to you don't want to scapegoat someone constantly. You don't want to be encouraged to scapegoat and hate on players. But if they're played in a position that isn't to their advantage, it doesn't maximise their strengths and doesn't minimise their weaknesses then you're going to see the very worst of them. You're going to see an erratic mess. And there's been games earlier in the season when he's had the ball and you can see he doesn't know what to do with it. He's, he's, he's having to think too much. But position suited him. Obviously, yeah, the open play suited him as well. But you'd love to see that. And and you, 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 you want to see these players find another level because we can bang on about we need to sign a right wing back and we need a this or we need a that. But what about the players that we've got that we don't rate that end up actually turning it around and doing something unexpected? Because that's there's been so many players that we've sold that have gone on to win trophies. It's unreal. It's, but it's <laughs> not even that. It's even in the moment. You look at Dyer, you know, still has his moments of, oh, well, I think I'm Beckenbauer. I've just given the ball away to the opposition. Like dead straight ball, which I think he, he did was, against Leeds again. He did, he um, did. There was one moment, yeah. And he does that, okay? And every player's got mistakes in him or errors in them. Uh, fair enough. Uh, the whole point of elite level is the focus and concentration, not to actually do that, not to put your team under pressure. But Dyer has reacted so well under Conte and the fact that he's minimised in that in that role that he plays, you know, at the back. But it's reinvented him. And it's, if, if a player has the, the skill and the ability, the only question that needs answering is, does he have that mental fortitude to to rise above it and actually go, do you know what? I am a fucking good player. And now this is my, my, my place in the team. Whoever's behind me has to, has to top me in training to be able to push me out of the team again. And it's, that's what you want. You want them all to be competitive. And I think Conte does bring that. Look, we, we might end up losing the next game, right? And we're, we're back again to this kind of erratic mess of players that can't hold it together for more than two games, more than one game at a time. And we're having a different conversation again about having to sign quality players. But in the moment, you know, yes, it was Leeds. Yes, they're a bit mucky. But it's more about how these players perform. And all I've seen are positives uh, uh, with, with, with a few of them at the minute. Um, and we're in the cup tomorrow, right? Well, yeah, let, let, we'll leave that there just in case. It, okay. Sorry, man, I fucked it. No, 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 you're fine, you're fine. It's just... Up it, today. Oh, we're in the cup today, then, if it's gone out tomorrow. Yeah, uh, whatever. We could lose against Borough, and it, 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 it's the entire podcast will be pointless. Um, but let's um, let's focus one last thing, and, and I don't want to go in. We've been recording long enough, but uh, Kulisevsky, he is the real fucking deal, any boys. Cal, Love him. 
he, oh, he's mustard, isn't he? He's well good. And, you know, the, the start he had against, you know, against Brighton where, you know, I sat there in the stands with Bardi and T and we're all mumbling, please don't be shit, please don't be shit, please don't be shit. And, you know, madly opinions were mixed about him, you know, during that first game. But since then, he's just been brilliant. So calm against City when he nutmegged the keeper, nutmegged the defender, that, sorry, to score it. the open. Cal- calmness is, is unreal. And that goal on Saturday was fucking unreal. Just to, oh, to quality. The strength the and the strength and the desire to get out of the corner, the corner of the pitch, play a one-two with Doherty and then smash it near post. And he nearly did it again later on in the game. Quality goal. Looks like a quality player. And I think it's safe to say that the January window was a massive success. 400 grand off the wage bill to spend in the summer and then bringing these two quality footballers in. So yeah. it's looking positive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's been three or four games, but Kulisevsky has really made an impact. They've hit. The, I, mean, I know Benton Carr's obviously injured, but he's, they both hit the ground running, and they've both settled in. They've got to find. You know, they've got to get used to the pace of the Premier League and the rest of it. But he looks a player, he, and he and he does look really calm and composed. And he's got. You know, he's going to score a fair few uh, for us. He's going to be one of these midfielders that's going to that's going to score about 10, maybe even 15 a season because of the way that he can cut in. Uh, and and uh, I know he scored a few for Juve where he's sort of like... It's cuts his calmness, in just... though. It's his calmness. It's how calm he, he is. He's so calm that I think initially people were, were a bit wary of like, what have we signed here. He seems a bit passive and, and, and a bit scared and fearful, but he, that's not the case at all. I think He's not scared. He, no, he, he, he looks like It's psychopathic Bambi, but... with his calmness. Exactly. I was going to say he looks like Bambi, but bites like, like Jaws. He's just, he's, the guy has ability and he has the capacity to hurt teams, to create. He's intelligent, which means he's going to, he's going to love playing alongside the likes of Kane and, and, and Son. And it's all good, man. It's, uh, you know, we had a, a, had a go at Fabio for kind of raiding Juve, Juve because that's the only number he's got in, on his uh, smartphone. But it's uh, it's two really really good uh, signings that fix like things it, yeah. up for us now. Yeah, and and we can we if we add to that in the summer. Yeah, you can have me Who believing knows? and hugging Conte. All right, uh, this has been the Fighting Cop Podcast. Thank you, boys, and uh, yeah, this has been wonderful, and we'll see you soon. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Cock! A camel Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.